Hey guys, Alana here. Welcome to the Praying Christian Woman podcast. We're going to be talking about prayers and learning styles and just kind of how your unique personality might impact your prayer personality or prayer style. So I think this is going to be super fun to dive into this topic and let's open with a word of prayer. God, we just welcome you here today, God. We just ask that your spirit would be present and would be teaching us and guiding us and directing us. We thank you so much for your word. And we just thank you that you've made us each unique and with just totally different personalities and learning styles. And, um, and that you, we just pray that, that this conversation will help us to understand ourselves a little bit better and, and to use that to just increase our, our prayer life effectiveness or, or to pray with, um, with just new and creative ways that might draw us closer to you, God. And we just thank you. Amen. Our verse of the day is Isaiah 64, 8 from the ESV. But now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are our our potter. We are all the work of your hand. And I just thought of this because we're talking about learning styles and the fact that there are three that we're going to talk about, but they're all different kinds of learning styles and people and I just think it's something to be celebrated and to bring up because I think so often we put prayer in a box and we kind of think we need to pray a certain way, but God celebrates our differences. And I think we should too, and really embrace those and, and pray outside the box. Awesome. I'm really excited for this discussion. You know, me, Jamie, like I I really get into like personality type things. My husband's actually going to a training in a few weeks for his job. I know I thought about that. I know. Yeah. To get certified in the Meyer Briggs personality assessments. And like, I, I rely on, on Meyer Briggs in particular. Like it's just, I'm so spot on for my personality type that it's been really, really helpful to kind of study that to kind of understand myself better. So I think this is going to be super fun talking about like your different learning styles and learning personalities and how those really do impact your prayer life. I think so too. Cool. But before we jump in, we have a just for fun question. Ooh, yay. Can you name a teacher whose words impacted you for better or worse? Ooh, I could tell you about my really, really bad college experience. Ooh, do it. Okay. So I had a class in college where it was, um, it was about, it was, it was like just one of those really weird nebulous kinds of classes where like it was about public art and it, it's really hard to pinpoint like exactly what it was about, but it was super interesting. But, um, you know, kind of like the difference between high art and pop art. And I just took it because it sounded interesting. It wasn't, you know, required for my biology degree or anything like that, but the final project was creating some kind of art that sort of met the specifications that we had talked about in the class of like public art as opposed to high art. And there was one other student in the class who was also a biology major and we worked together on this project kind of talking about how like we were both very creative students in a discipline that kind of feels much more cut and dry. Like I, I see biology as artistic, but a lot of people don't. And she and I were kind of in the same boat of like liking to look at biology more as an art than as a science. So what we did is we took like 
interesting pictures from our biology textbook and sort of just played around with them. Like, I, I don't even think that Photoshop was a thing yet, but, it, you know, kind of like pre-Photoshopping, um, just really wanting to show like, hey, biology can be beautiful. Biology can be artistic. It's not just cut and dry science. Mm -hmm. So that side of it was really fun and interesting to put together. And then that was sort of the visual art component of it. And then what I did was I wrote a creative writing piece <clears throat> to kind of go along with it and talking about my struggles of being a very artistic person in a very cut and dry kind of science. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember the details, but I remember like very much pouring my soul into this, like burying my soul. And it was a small class, like maybe only 12 or 15 students. And while I was delivering it, um, you know, because it was kind of like um, a creative reading. There was a little bit of like visual performance art attached to it mm -hmm. um, while it was being read. So like just a very vulnerable thing. And I remember getting the sense that like the other students in the class were very much connecting with what I was trying to say. Um, and then I finished and there was this like moment of silence and like I was up until that minute, I felt like, okay, I, I really kind of delivered what I wanted to deliver. Mm -hmm. And then the teacher, she looks at me and I forget exactly what she said, but it was not flattering at all. And then we just didn't like, usually like the people would present their project. There would be discussion, there would be feedback, there would be, you know, commendations. There was nothing like stony silence from the teacher. And then we just moved on to the next one. And then someone else, I, don't, I forget if it was right after me or it, within the same day, somebody else did another similar thing with a creative writing component. And after she finished, the professor was like profusely praising her. And what she said was, well, now we at least know there's one creative writer in the class. And it was very, very clearly a reference to the fact that she had hated what I had done. Oh. And to the point where, like, I thought that maybe I was overreacting, but, like, a, several other students actually made a point to come up to me later and be like, I have no idea why she was so hard on you. So I know, I, like, they, they heard it, too. It wasn't just me being oversensitive. Oh so now I just, I, yeah, now I just laugh because I'm like, okay, well, you know, there was more than one creative writer in the group because this is how I'm making my living now. Like, I am actually a professional writer, so yeah, boom. Yeah, we'll take that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I have no idea what her what her beef was, but there was some beef there. <laughs> wow. Oh my goodness. Yeah. What about you? Um, I could think of two for the better. I think two for the better. Um, and they were both high school teachers. So I had uh, my high school biology teacher. I'm sure I've talked about him in the, on the podcast before. He was... Um, my high school biology teacher, and I also had him for AP biology my senior year, and he was also my swim coach for the school. So I, I saw a lot of him, and he was just a really amazing teacher. And in fact, I'm still Facebook friends with him, and I see him like interacting with all these students that he had and just being encouraging and wise. And like, I just really, I, I really, he was really a great teacher. But the thing that impacted me was we were doing dissections. And I, from the time I was pretty young, I wanted to be a veterinarian, which kind of similar story to your med school. When it came time to apply for vet school, I didn't. And it, I had other reasons. You know, I, I was engaged at the time to someone that I ended up not getting married to. But um, 
basically I wanted to be a vet and, and in one of the biology classes, I don't remember if it was ninth or 12th grade, but, um, I was dissecting and he said, you have really good hands. You have good steady hands for dissections. You'd make a good surgeon. And I was so excited because I wanted to be a vet and vets do surgeries. So that stuck with me. And I want to say it was ninth grade because I really held on to that. Like I, that was something that made me think I am going to make a really good surgeon. And, you know, so Mm -hmm. that was neat. And then, um, and then another one was a positive English teacher who was just really encouraging. She, I can't remember her actual words, but she actually, she was sad in, at graduation that I was planning to go to a science and well, Mm -hmm. it was a science and Mm -hmm. technology high school, but that I was going to be going to Virginia Tech to be pre-vet because she, she was like, I really wish you would do something, you know, so don't stop writing was kind of what she said. And I've looked her up, you know, especially since I, finally published a book and I, I thought I want to look her up and send her a copy of my book and a note telling her how much it meant to me, but I can't find her, but it was Aww. pretty cool. Yeah. Very sweet. That's cool. So we are talking about learning styles and how that transforms your prayer life. So I know you, you're kind of the one who spearheaded the idea for this episode. So do you want to just start with kind of what what led to this topic in the first place? Yes. I just, I came across this article about, um, in guideposts and I will link to this article because I don't want to, you know, take away from the fact that they were the inspiration behind it. Mm -hmm. The article was called, um, what's your prayer style? And it talked about learning styles. It's from guidepost.org. And it, it talks about, how your different learning styles um, can sometimes affect the way that you pray. And it just made me think it kind of, it, anyway, you can check out the article if you want to, but it just made me think about how with homeschooling, I, I homeschooled for a couple of years, my, my oldest son, and you obviously are a homeschooler. And so we, we learn about learning styles and mm-hmm. we kind of assess mm-hmm. our kids I don't know. Like, I think I had done my own learning style and assessed it before, but I forgot what I was. And so I actually took a quiz to find out what my learning style was because I thought it would be interesting to apply to prayer life because I really believe that, you know, for those that don't know, the three basic learning styles that you'll hear about are auditory and, you know, we can go into a description of that, visual and kinesthetic or tactile. So it's auditory, which is you know, listening, visual and kinesthetic or tactile, which is movement or touch related. And it just made me think, what are the pitfalls that we fall into if we look at prayer as having to be done a certain way? If we have these different learning styles, what are some of the pitfalls we could fall into and difficulties we might have if we're a certain learning style? And then what are some things that we're strong in Right. These learning styles. And what are some tips for overcoming some of the hurdles? That's just kind of what, what this podcast will be about. That's super interesting. So what's your learning style? So I am a visual learner and I will also link to this quiz, which I think was intended for students, but it's, um, it's on educationplanner.org and it's a self-assessment about your learning style and it's just 20 questions. And it was really good. One of the key questions that made me realize that I was a visual learner. I mean, it takes a lot of things into consideration, but it said, if you're trying to spell a word, how do you figure out how to spell it? Do you have to write it down to see if it's right? Or do you have to spell it in and listen to it to see if it sounds right? Or 
do you picture it in your mind or I don't know what it was, but it basically it's the visual. I have to write it down. I have to write Mm. down a word to know if it looks right. And also when it comes to directions, if someone gives me verbal directions, my brain just goes on standby. It's like, Oh, I lose them. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so I have to look at a map or have someone show me. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah. So I think I was 50% visual, 25% auditory, 25% kinesthetic or tactile. Okay. I don't fit like perfectly into one of these. Um, Like I feel like I learn best through kind of discussion. Like, um, we had a history teacher who I, you know, I wasn't familiar with the term at the time, but looking back, it's exactly what he did. Just kind of the um, Socratic method. Is that how you say it? Of just, Mm -hmm. you know, like asking questions after questions after questions. And he was just masterful at asking questions. So it felt like we were leading the discussion, but it was so clear that he was like, 100% in control, (laughs) you know, like he knew Mm -hmm. where the discussions were going to go. I, that's how I learn. And even that's how I process things. Like I'll write things out to kind of get my thoughts organized, like journaling and stuff. But I do Mm -hmm. even better if I can take it one step farther and just like talk it out with somebody. Um, And I think if I'm not mistaken, I feel like kinesthetic or tactile has those components mm-hmm. of discussion experience yeah. because it's not just touching or movement, but it's experiencing something or right. Processing well, and I know yourself. for certain things, yeah, for certain things I need to actually see it done. Like mm-hmm. um, I've been taking some personal training at the gym and I'm super short. And so like almost all of the machines I have to, you know, like adjust for my height mm-hmm. and my trainer will like adjust it for me and I'll be like, can you show me how to do that? And what I mean is like, can you tell me what to do and I will do it. <laughs> but right. she just thinks like that she can just say, oh yeah, you just push this. Like I, I kind of need to do it. But I also know like I'm such a pacer. I know that there's a degree of kinesthetic learning mm-hmm. in me um, and the hands-on stuff too. But yeah, super, super interesting. But I'm also um, like, I used to be more visual. Like, I, I don't read as much. I do most of my learning now through audiobooks. But back when I was actually, like, sitting with an open book, like, I, I if I needed to recall something, I could picture where it was on the page, you Me know? Too. Like, yeah. So I know I'm sure that that's a visual kind of learning skill. So, yeah, I'm, yeah. A, I'm a little bit of a hodgepodge of these. But let's dive into, like, what this means for our prayer life. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we can start with auditory. So... So an auditory learner learns through listening and is the kind of person that can, you know, just learn through someone telling them something. And I I feel like for that kind of person, that silence during prayer could make it difficult for you to concentrate without any Mm -hmm. auditory input. I can just picture someone that is, you know, their brain functions best with auditory input that it Mm -hmm. might be extra hard to focus in a silent prayer or in, in listening, you know, when you're listening Mm -hmm. to God, he doesn't speak in a verbal way, you know? And so if you're, if you're in silent prayer, I think an auditory learner might take more training and needs to know, like, if you are an auditory learner, not to be discouraged when it's not easy to sit down and concentrate and that you do Mm -hmm. tend to have your mind wander and not be able to focus, just realize kind of like own that, like, well, I'm an auditory learner, but I can train Mm -hmm. myself. I'm, I can, I'm trainable. Oh, for sure. And maybe even having like a little bit of soft background music could help. Or I have this timer 
where I set it up to, um, it's just like a little gong goes off once every minute. And like, I have it set up for my exercises, but sometimes I'll use it for prayer too. Like I'm going to do, you know, a minute of this exercise and a minute of that exercise. But sometimes even just, I'll put it on each time I hear the gong, it just sort of reminds me to get back into prayerfulness. Um, so that could be another one. Or I know I've, I've gotten such bad eye strain, which is why I'm not reading as much like print anymore. But I've been doing an audiobook Bible, and I could see something like that working really well for an auditory learner as well. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting. Oh, have we ever? Oh, no, oh, go ahead. Ahead. Okay. Have we ever talked about the prayer? What is it? Prayer cast resources. Have I, have I told you about that? So it's, it's called prayer cast. And what it is, is it's, um, like spoken prayers, but it's, it would be great for auditory or visual learners because they have videos that go with it. They're like five or 10 minute prayers for different countries. And so you actually, you hear somebody praying for the country, you see video footage from that country. So I could see that being great, you know, for the auditory side of it or for the visual side of it. That would be great. Yeah. I have not heard of that. And so I just put that in our notes so that I will hopefully remember yeah. to put that in the show notes. Yeah. So here's a question. Do you think that an auditory learner might do better in like a group prayer se- setting because they're hearing other people's prayers? Yeah, I do. I mm-hmm. definitely that makes do sense. think so. Or maybe and- even like if you're on your own praying out loud might, might help. Some people get uncomfortable with that, but some people it's really helpful. No, I think so. And sometimes I find that, you know, even though I tested 50% as in, you know, visual learner, I still find it very, very helpful to pray out loud when I can. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, definitely. I think so. And I like, I find it interesting that you were saying that, you know, listening to music in the background might help because I was thinking, well, listening to worship music to make that your prayer or listening to prayers read aloud would be good. But Mm -hmm. my husband and my oldest don't do as well with homework type stuff. Not mm-hmm. that my husband does a bunch of homework, but they don't concentrate as well in silence. I need silence. Right. Yeah. They, and, and so my son has tried to tell me if the TV's on while I'm doing homework or if there's music when I'm doing my homework, it actually helps me focus. And it wasn't until yeah. my husband said, yes, I concur. I can't do anything without that, that I realized mm-hmm. that Maybe they're auditory learners. I don't know. So maybe praying, like you said, with music in the background. For me, it would totally mess me up. But for an auditory yeah. learner, it might help. Well, and I've also heard that introverts and extroverts um, react to outside noise differently. Like some extroverts are, they just have such a higher threshold of the amount of noise they're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. that Yeah, having background noise on does help them focus. I know of one writer who actually like you can go onto YouTube and you can just get like background coffee shop noise, (laughs) you know, just like murmurs in the background. Like that's super helpful for them. But I'm more like you. I like, I like the quiet. I have such a hard time holding a conversation when the TV is on and yeah. But, um, but some people like I, I had to make it a rule that my, one of my sons, like he likes, he loves listening to audiobooks, but I'm like, you cannot do math and an audiobook at the same time. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, do you want to have music on? Go ahead. But you are not listening to an audiobook while you do math. Now, maybe it does help him, but that, yeah, I, yeah. I draw a line There's somewhere. A line there. I would do the <laughs> yeah. same. I would do the same until there was like a scientific experiment done, which my, yeah, my right. son did try to do. He said, I'm going to do my homework today with nothing on. And then mm-hmm. tomorrow I'm going to do it with, with the TV on. And I, you know, cause normally we have the rule, no TV, like music is one yeah. thing, but mm-hmm. TV is, it's, 
like an audiobook. It's people talking. Yeah. But you know, some learning styles I could see that does, or yeah, yeah or not even so, learning styles, but even personalities, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. My husband will, you know, just watch kind of reruns of Star Trek or Stargate, mm-hmm. and, and it truly does help him focus to have that background noise. Yeah. I think that's interesting. It is. All right. So visual, tell me about visual learners and kind of how that, if you are a visual learner, how, how should you have that impact your prayers or what do you, what should you keep in mind? There we go. I finally got to the question. What should you keep in mind for your prayer life if you're a visual learner? Well, I was just thinking that speaking out loud or listening to words in a group by itself could get tedious and not even tedious, but kind of like I said, if someone tries to give me instructions with just words, Mm -hmm. sometimes my brain is like, well, that's just, hold on. You know, I can't process those directions. And that's a little different because it's a map, but I just think like for myself in a prayer meeting, I do, I, I was trying to think, you know, I think I do, if my eyes are closed, I think I do visualize what they're saying. Like even as you were telling me the story, mm-hmm. um, you were telling me the story about the um, the teacher. I yeah. was there. Like I was picturing that story. So mm-hmm. I think that maybe if you find your mind wandering um, when you're praying silently to God or when you're even speaking a prayer or listening to a prayer with words only, um, engage your imagination and and you can go to um, episode 35, which is called Praying Imaginatively on the podcast. That Oh, I like that episode. This. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, using your imagination as you pray, and some of that might be just putting a picture, you know, to the son of the person that, that is being prayed for, you know, whatever it is that, that someone has as a prayer request. Or if you're talking to God, what I find actually is a lot of times in my prayer time, God speaks to me in pictures like I'll get a picture mm-hmm. in my mind of right. something yeah and it's not what it, like a sentence it's an image yeah right I get what you're saying and so maybe if I didn't realize that it would be I don't know like I, I had that had to happen a few times for me to realize mm-hmm. so I think being open to the idea that God might speak to you in a different way maybe he'll speak to you through pictures. super interesting right right or more of impressions almost mm-hmm. um, I know for me, visually, like I don't, I don't love praying with my eyes closed. Um, I mean, to be totally honest, even when you pray to open up the show, I don't close my eyes for it. But um, what I find is that I really like looking at a window. Like right now, it's a pretty fall day. There's a little bit of a breeze. Like I find just looking out a window, looking at nature, I find that to be stimulating. Like when we lived um, real rural and had chickens, I had no idea how kind of relaxing and meditative it was to just stand outside and watch my chickens. Um, but there, there truly is something about like just nature. So sometimes even in church, I have a seat in church where I will more often than not be looking out the window than looking at my pastor or at his PowerPoint. Some of that honestly is just because of my eye strain. Like it's easier for me to look at something in the distance but I do find that looking out a window gives, um, like there's enough movement, you know, like with the, with the breeze and the leaves that it helps me to be focused on that or the same. Have you ever like noticed how you can like stare at a campfire for an hour? Like, does that happen to you? Like mm-hmm. it can just, you can just stare at it for an hour. So I totally oh, yeah. get now why 
some people like to pray with candles. Like I used to think that it was superstitious or something like, I still don't do it, but I could totally see how I light a candle. I look at the flame. I have, you know, it's just something to focus your sight on. You know, you're not praying to the fire, but it's, it's a focal point for your attention. And I, I could see that as being super, super helpful. I do. Yeah, I agree with that. And, um, you know, praying on location too. We've talked before about. Yeah. That's probably more of a tactile thing though, don't you think? It could be, but I feel like the visual, like being able to see your child's room that you're, uh, that you're visually, right. like Good seeing, point. seeing yeah. your kid's room or seeing the church that you're praying for. Cause I do have that listed for tactile also, but I feel that's like, true though. Like mm-hmm. having a visual it. for what you're going to be praying for. Or even like, a, we talked about like a prayer scrapbook, you know, like seeing yes. the picture of who you're praying for could be really oh, yeah. helpful. That would be very good or any kind of journaling or photo album or scrapbooking right. would be great. I think for yeah. both visual and kinesthetic tactile learners. Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't, I didn't put it together that I was doing this, but you know, when, um, we have our list of people to our our prayers for the unsaved, like people that we've committed to be praying for. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I would just pray from the list, but sometimes like if I were in bed at night or something, I'm not going to roll over, turn on the light, find that page in my journal, go to the list, but I'll, I'll actually visualize what that list looks like, you know? So like I'm picturing the list of names in my head. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I could totally see that being, you know, a component of visual learning. Yeah. Or um, one thing I do is is I would try to, and I never got great at this because it takes a lot of focus, but I would try to hold a map of the world in my head and just kind of pray thoroughly, you know, like starting in North America, working my way down and then east, um, you know, like just trying to kind of have that picture in my head and pray through it. Or, oh, you know what? Have I told you about my... um, I don't think I have like praying through the rooms of my house, but having a picture in my head. So like there's this, like you're not walking through your room. I'm not walking. You're you're visualizing yourself. That's a great way to pray on location without being there. Right. Well, and this is um, a kind of staple of memory work. Like if you want to memorize 10 things, you know, all, all you've got to do, it's hard, but you know, basically they tell you pick, Pick a house that you know well or a place you know well and picture 10 rooms in a row. You know, so maybe it's, you know, I just do it in my house, like the upstairs rooms and then the downstairs rooms and I, you know, make it 10. Like I think I have to count my closet as a room in order to make it work. <laughs> I know. I was thinking, do I have 10 rooms? I know. Once you, once you get that though, like what they say is like, if you get that super good in your head, I could rattle off 10 animals and all you would need to do is like, okay, if the first one is panda, you picture a panda sitting in your living room. If the living room is the first thing, you know, like it's, oh, it's, really, it's just, it's like a, a mnemonic without mm-hmm. being exactly a mnemonic. That's neat. But what I've done is I'm trying to pair that with my, um, with my prayer life. And so, yeah, you can start just by holding those rooms in mind and praying through them. But I, I've even, um, attached like an aspect of the Lord's prayer to each of those 10 locations. And so I'll just go through and I don't do this every day, but you know, like once or twice a week, I'll go through, I start in my office and, you know, I kind of have my mnemonic to remember what part of the Lord's prayer I'm at. And so I can picture myself in that location so that I can come back to that and remember what I'm meant to be praying for and what I'm going to pray for next. I like that. That's really neat. Yeah. It's been really, really fun. Um, and just a neat way 
an, an added way to keep my focus. You know, I used to um, do something similar, like praying on my fingers, you know, like each finger, I would just kind of remind myself what it, like what or who it represented. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's actually way easier to picture that as a room <laughs> than just a finger. <laughs> well, that's interesting because that brings us to the tactile or kinesthetic learning style. And, you know, because one of the things that I had put in the tips is, you know, um, praying with beads or like mm-hmm. on your fingers, but yeah, you know, yet another way, both for visual and kinesthetic mm-hmm. or tactile learners, I think that would, that would be beneficial is, yeah. is using that room. So do you think I'm a kinesthetic learner? Is that what you I would conclude after all are. this? I really, yeah, That's I think you are probably with, with a visual component, you know? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. You're probably yeah. right. Yeah, I do. That's really neat, but especially your pacing, because I know that you, and I do that sometimes (laughs) too, though. I think I definitely, I don't know if the test, as I was taking the test, it was, to me, it seemed like I would be visual with Mm -hmm. kinesthetic, Okay, you know. And maybe I'm the opposite. I'm kinesthetic with the visual. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, I can't think without pacing. And actually, that's one reason why um, I also really like doing certain things analog as opposed to digital. Just mm-hmm. I like the pen in hand feel. Mm-hmm. I know like I was a big note taker. Like if I can write it down as a note, I'm so much more going to remember that. So yes, I'm learning about myself. You know, uh, like I, I really can get, I, I follow this. I think it's called like personality junkie. <laughs> like I, I totally can go overboard with them. Um, not overboard, but I, I really can geek out about this stuff. So this has been super fun. All right. So kinesthetic learners, I think the reason why I never owned being a kinesthetic learner until right now is like, I'm going back to high school now. And like, they were always like, if you're an athlete, you're probably a kinesthetic learner. And I didn't consider myself an athlete. So I'm like, yeah, that's not me. But um, yeah, but no, like for sure. I can't go a day without. I'm sure it it adds up to miles by the end of each day. but anyway, yeah, so kinesthetic learners, what, what would be a better definition for kinesthetic learner then? Because I really did like equate it for years with just being like athletic and liking to move your body, but I'm yeah. sure there's more to it than that. Well, so they call it kinesthetic or tactile, but I've heard it said that, you know, learning through, learning best by experience. So with an experience to associate it with. So like what I picture is when... Uh, you know, acting out a Bible story for a child that's like a kinesthetic mm-hmm. learner would be really oh, powerful yeah. because they are for in sure. that story. Right. And the same thing like with your discussion, you wouldn't consider that physical activity, but you're experiencing you're engaged, yeah. the topic. You're not just being told about it. You're experiencing and investigating the topic. Yeah. No, for sure. That sounds like me then. Super yeah. interesting. So I'm going to learn best by pacing while talking to somebody about a subject. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but you know what? That's what I do when I take my online courses is I just listen to them mm-hmm. and pace. So I guess, yeah, I guess that does make a ton of sense. Yeah. Well, my middle son, my middle child is uh, when he was in preschool at church in the preschool class, he was having trouble using self-control and sitting still. And one of the helpers um, asked the teacher, who's a good friend of mine, um, if he could get my son like something to put in his hands, like a mm-hmm. little car or something. Yeah. And he said, when I was a kid, I know that just having something in my hand to hold 
would help yeah. me listen better. And I wonder if that's a kinesthetic component, you know, of, Oh, like, I could totally see that. Yeah. We've something. got several people in our family who are like that. And you know, I think that's the idea behind a fidget spinner is you can have something yeah. going on you know, <clears> and I know <throat> they can get out of hand, but you know, the idea is that if you have something, so like in terms of praying, having, having beads that you can, you know, yes. not that you're necessarily going to pray the rosary, but if you have a, a bracelet, like I have a bracelet yeah. with essential oil beads that you can put essential oils on and you could just, you know, go down the list and use that. Oh yeah. I've prayed on beads before. And really, mm -hmm. yeah, I go back to those 10, you know, it used to be 10 fingers, 10 beads. Mm -hmm. Now it's 10 rooms that I picture, yeah. but yeah, like I just would hold my hand on one of them and that would remind me that I'm praying for one thing. And then mm -hmm. I would go to the next one. So yeah. Um, prayer beads, prayer walking, mm -hmm. for sure. I could see if you're anything like me, <laughs> this being helpful. And Bible um, journaling, like where you actually draw yeah. in the margins, you can get those mm -hmm. Bible journals mm -hmm. where it's actually the Bible yeah. that you draw or color verses. Or do you know what I like to do? I just like, um, rewriting verses out of the Bible. Yeah. Like I, yep. I love doing that. I could I do that about that, but that's an hour. another yeah. reinforcement of mm -hmm. your kinesthetic status. Interesting. Okay. So I'm totally going to own this now. I yeah. never thought of myself as, as that, but that makes total sense. I also think like prayer flashcards or memory verses on flashcards or what mm. I really love now is like sticky notes that you can write things down on and move around mm -hmm. and move like, around. Yeah. That's yeah, for sure. Fun. So interesting. Okay. This has been like one of my favorite episodes ever. I'm so glad you picked this topic. Yay, me too. Thank you. Uh, guideposts. Yeah. Yeah. So what about, um, I know we need to wrap up soon. I'm just trying to think about like maybe warnings or pitfalls to avoid. Like I could totally see one of them being like, Hey, don't get judgy. If somebody else doesn't pray the same way you are like, you know, some people might look at me and be like, Oh my goodness. I can't believe Alana doesn't close her eyes when she prays. I mean, like sometimes right. I do, it's just not my natural go-to. Right. Um, or if it looks like someone is distracted, maybe like not paying attention with something in their hands or like, doodling. Right. right? But hmm. that I actually do focus really well when I doodle. Do you ever doodle your prayers out? Because I've done that before. Well, what I do, like when I was in Bible study fellowship and we took notes during the sermon stuff, or like uh -huh. if I'm at church taking notes for the sermon, um, mm -hmm. I'll write something out, but then I like doodle all over the letters. Like I make them fancy, yeah, and I right, make little right. designs in them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Sometimes what I'll do is just take, I, in general, if I'm doing a prayer journal, I'm listing things out. But every once in a while, I'll just kind of like <clears throat> draw little stick figures of things, you know, like draw out my prayers. Like I'm praying for oh, Jamie, so I'm going to draw Jamie. And now I'm going to pray for her house. So I'll draw, you know, the little square, the triangle roof house above oh, you. That's a really or, neat idea. Yeah, you know, just as another way to, um, yeah, to keep focus. So I guess maybe a big takeaway is find out how you best learn and then Maybe try to adopt one or two of these things. So like if that's visual, find something that you can look at. Um, I could totally see that being why stained glass windows used to be so popular hmm. in churches. You know, I used to think it was just vanity or just superstition, but I could totally see it, especially um, I got a deeper appreciation for stained glass when it was pointed out to me that most people like in medieval days couldn't read. And so the stained glass pictures of the Bible stories were kind of their equivalent of having a Bible, you know, I mean, wow, obviously yeah. you, it's not the inspired word of God, but I got a deeper appreciation for it after learning it that way. Um, and even just knowing me like how, yeah, I like to be looking at something in nature to focus. Um, 
you know, or the candle thing, campfire, however, I think it can get into the realm of superstition. So, you know, maybe just be a little bit careful about that. But um, <clears throat> yeah. Or, guilty when you're not able to squeeze yourself into the mold of the demure, you know, praying exactly. Christian woman with her hands folded and right, all good. Right, right. Or for the auditory learners, um, you know, maybe praying out loud, praying that loud with a group, doing some of the like guided prayers, like with that prayer cast. I know, um, Jamie, you and I have talked about creating certain like guided prayer prompt audio something or others. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that might happen at some point. Um, I could see that being really useful for auditory learners or for the kinesthetic. Yeah, just things that you can put your hands on, even if it's, mm -hmm. you know, like turning pages in a scrapbook and praying for what's on that page. Or, yeah, I like the idea of the prayer cards, um, going on a prayer walk, lots of, lots of takeaways here. This was so fun. Yeah, I think so too. Awesome. All right. Well, if you guys are enjoying these shows, which we hope you are, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to us. That helps other people discover the show and hopefully be encouraged by it as well. And we're going to close with our blessing and benediction. May God fill your heart with greater joy than all the world could ever offer. May he fill you with joy in his presence. May God himself be your joy and your delight. Through sorrow and sadness, may the joy of the Lord be your strength. May the Holy Spirit himself anoint you with the oil of joy and gladness to strengthen and encourage your spirit this day and forevermore. And our benediction comes from Revelation 5, verses 12 and 13. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.